Welcome to the Jackson Hole Connection. Thank you for subscribing and downloading my first 10 episodes. I deeply appreciate you taking the time out of your busy schedules to join me while I visit with worldly interesting people connected to Jackson Hole. Please go to my website, thejacksonholeconnection.com, to offer feedback, provide ideas, and even request to be on the show. When you have the time, please subscribe, share, rate, and review this podcast. My guest today on the Jackson Hole Connection is Ian Fitzsimmons. Ian is a guy who is never short of words or a great comeback. He shares with us how he started at the bottom in radio, moved around the country to climb the ranks in sports radio to where he is now. Ian is a father, husband, brother to many, co-host of the ESPN radio show Freddie and Fitz, the Herb Street and Fitzsimmons College Radio podcast, field analyst for college football on ESPN radio, and field analyst for the NFL for ESPN radio. I've been connected to Ian for over 20 years, and I'm honored that Ian carved time out of his day to join me on this show. Get ready for some great entertainment. But before we begin, I have a quick word from one of my sponsors. Is it okay to pair beer with Beef Wellington? Does Merlot go with Red Bull? Not sure how to make the perfect bourbon and Coke? Well, the team at the liquor store of Jackson Hole can answer all of these questions plus more. Stop in at 115 Buffalo Way, Jackson, Wyoming, or visit us at tlsofjh.com to experience service that will knock your socks off. The liquor store has been serving the Jackson Hole Valley for over 35 years. Ian, tell us about living here in Jackson Hole, and uh, why did you leave? I mean, this place is spectacular. Uh, first, Stefan, uh, yeah, you are family, man. Uh, I'm proud to know you, and, and um, you were the smart one of, of the family. Uh, and includes Brendan, the oldest brother, who is uh, who's probably has more degrees and I have letters in my name. Um, <laughs> and, you, and your old roomie at uh, 6900 Lupine Trail uh, in Cabin, who also has more degrees, I have letters in my name. And, and, and then young Devin, who coaches for the Detroit Lions. But uh, you were the smart one because you actually stayed there. The rest of us are idiots. We all left. <laughs> you know, you, you, so you, my friend, are absolutely – you're the brilliant one of all the adopted Fitzsimmons boys. You are it, my man. It's, and, look, it's always, uh, it's always a privilege to be here with you and, and, and talk to you. Being out there, man, was – it really got me, got me back on my career path when I when living out there in Wyoming uh, because I didn't want to leave. <laughs> like, 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 oh, I wonder stayed, why. I never <laughs> – yeah, yeah, I mean, I, you know, until my mom came out, as you, what do you call her, AG? Um, mm-hmm. When I was living out there, I took a sabbatical from school because, I mean, I, I was Bluto Lutarski, man. I mean, it was about as close to a buckshot as you can get. <laughs> so uh, so, so I, I left in my second after my second sophomore year of college and went and just kind of dialed out for a little bit to kind of, to recharge. And I fell in love with that place so much. I mean, it, it just – it grabs your soul. Your heart beats about once a minute out there. And so when I was tending bar at the Sojourner, where I faced death a few times, the old Sojourner. Pub. Remember that joint, the old Sojourner pub in the, in the village? I do. Um, I, way, I had a few beers way there. Way back in the day, man. Way back in the day, the Mug Club, right? I mean, that was it. But I uh, attended bar out there and just living life. And my mom said, yeah, you can stay if you want. Uh, but you got to start paying more rent. And you're on your own, health insurance, car insurance, you know, I mean, home insurance, all of it. And you're like, whoa, wait a minute, this 18 grand that I think I'm banking ain't going to quite cut it. That broadcasting career that I was thinking about, I might want to get back on track with that. <laughs> and, that and that forced me to chase a dream. So in an indirect kind of way, just living out there 
got me refocused, recharged, and and to chase a dream and not look back on this game of life and say two words, and that's what if. I didn't want to say it. Um, the only what if I really have is if I'd have stayed out there. Lord knows where where I would have ended up, um, in, in a good or bad way. But yeah, man, that that place has always been dear near to me, and and it really got me focused to go and, and chase that game of life. That that's fantastic. I I think I have an idea where you would have been if you had stayed out here. Um, you probably would have been in a spot where your mom had put her foot in your butt. <laughs> <laughs> you know that big ravine right behind our old house? You right? would have been you know, buried in it. Backyard, Targhee National Forest, right, where the old Green Knoll fire was? Yes. I would have been, it would, after, the, after they put the Green Knoll fire out, which my brother Cabin was on that crew that, that put that fire out. Oh, yes. Um, they would have found my body somewhere back there, my bones, <laughs> right? That would have just been barbecued because my mom would have come and beaten my ass and then buried me out there. Oh, yes, she would have. She would have. So you followed your dream with radio. Uh, how did you know your dream was going to be sports radio of all, of all radio sources? You know, it, it's, uh, I always wanted to be in, in, in sports media, and it goes back to uh, the Alabama – uh, Penn State National Championship game, 1979. I'm, I'm seven years old and uh, and growing up on Tot Talk Farm in Folsom, Louisiana, Third Red Horse Farm, where my mom bred and raised a Third Red Racehorses. And all the dads are on one side of the living room getting ready for this natty, and they're all pulling up for Alabama, being SEC guys. And all the moms are on the other side of the room. You know, they're all pulling for my mom and against their husbands, right, because she's a Penn State grad. And they're all focused on this guy named Keith Jackson. You know, it was calling the national championship. And, and when he started talking, the room just became hush. Oh, yeah. Nobody said a word. You know, and it's like, all right, the voice of, from on high is now addressing us all. Just people gravitated to him. And when he spoke, I mean, like 2.30 Central Time, 1.30 Mountain Time on a Saturday afternoon, and you heard Keith Jackson's voice, you know it was a big game, man. I mean, it was college football, baby. Let's go. So right then I turned to my mom and I said, Mom, that's a good job, isn't it? She goes, that's the best. Said, if you want to do that. <laughs> She said, she said, if you want to do that, chase your dream. Go get it. And my dad just starts laughing at me like, you're never going to be a broadcaster. What are you, nuts? And I'll never – and that's the moment that I said, I'm, I'm going to do that. I'm going to do this. And going through broadcast school and this and that, I found out that you really don't – I mean, the, the most intimate medium is radio. And now this, this, this form right here also in podcast, the spoken word. Because you connect with your audience more. You don't have three minutes on the TV broadcast. Not all of us can, can be the national play-by-play voice or field analyst or sideline reporter for television. And I don't have to wear a tie every day when I go to work and, and do the show with, on ESPN Radio every night you know, uh, with, uh, with Freddie Coleman. Or I do wear a tie, actually, for, for games when I'm working sidelines for college and pro football. I, that's when I found – at that moment when, I, when I'm watching Keith Jackson – I said, I'm getting into sports broadcasting. I love sports. Football is always my, my ultimate passion. And then I found radio to be the most intimate medium. That's the, side of, that's, that's the path that I chose. And, you know, you got to get lucky every now and then. And I had a couple lucky breaks, but here I am. I'm, as my mom said, I'm not, I'm not looking back, as I told you, and saying two words, what if. And, you know, I'm, I'm living the dream, man. I mean, every Saturday I'm on, a, I'm on the sideline of one of the biggest college football games. And, you know, some weekends I'll do back-to-back games and do a college game. At the game, bust it to the airport, catch a flight, and go call an NFL game on Sunday, catch a flight that night, head back home to Dallas, kiss the girls, kiss my bride, cook dinner, jump on the headset. I have a studio that's been built in my house. Uh, thank you, Mickey Mouse and ESPN. And uh, that's where I do the talk show from, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. And then guess what? 
all the way from starting in two weeks till January, you know, rinse, repeat. That's my world, man. And it doesn't get much better. It all started in 1979 watching Keith Jackson in Alabama and Penn State. And my dad laughing at me saying, you can't do it. Don't tell me I can't do something. because I, I will dig my spurs in to prove you wrong. I think I'm just as stubborn and <clears throat> headstrong as you are there, Ian. Oh, you Somebody's are. Tell oh, me, yeah. No <laughs> doubt. No <laughs> doubt. So we get into the story of the Cheap Todd liquor store. Oh, let's dig our spurs in there, Stephen. Come on, baby. <laughs> That's a fantastic story. I appreciate you sharing that. And you mentioned in Keith Jackson. I grew up with Alabama football as well. And yep. when Keith Jackson spoke, as you said, there's a hush in the room. He was yeah, – Man, that was like listening Yo, to the I, rabbi I, on Friday I, night or in your world, you know, the Catholic <laughs> preach, preacher on Sunday. If you spoke, you're going to get hit up on the backside of the head. You don't talk don't when this guy's talking. Man, right, Stephen? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's right. So I'd say you're a huge success now, Ian, but you, you mentioned a little bit that, that you had some, uh, some rough travels there. You had some, some opportunities that opened up some doors for you, but – it was a real struggle for you to get where you are. Tell us oh, about yeah. some of those struggles. What was it like? Um, how did that make you feel uh, not knowing Dude, you, the next day if you're going to be on the air? You are going – are you going to try to make me sound like get off my lawn, old man? I mean, like, you're going to make me be that guy, the, the old guy sitting on the, on the front porch with a PBR? Which probably uh, is yep. nothing wrong with an boy. This PBR, is a tall man. boy conversation. That's yeah. a long way. <laughs> Uh, there were there look, I mean, there were so many times when I did want to hang it up, uh, and you know, you, you're you're trying to get that first gig and get your get your foot in the door. Um, I actually opened up the Innisfree Irish Pub with uh, Trip Rogers and Mike McInerney. Trip lived out there. Remember, I don't know if you remember Trip. He lived oh, yeah. at uh, on Lupine Trail for for a while with me out there. Uh, he's a cook. He was a cook at the Mangy Moose back in the day. But anyway, <clears throat> so we opened up the Innisfree Irish Pub in 1998. As a backup plan, you know, because I didn't, I tend tended bar a lot, as I mentioned at the old Sojourner Pub. Uh, may that place rest in peace. One of the great haunts in, in America. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, and it was a haunt, wasn't it? But yeah, I mean, we, we opened up uh, in a three, and it was a backup because I didn't I didn't know if I was going to make it, man. Because uh, I'm now I finally got out of college after six and a half years. Fat, drunk, and stupid actually was a way to go through a part of my life, contrary to what Dean Wormer once said in the great movie Animal House. Uh, but you know, I, I finally got an internship at WJOX in Birmingham. So I would 10 bar at night till about midnight trip would let me go home. He clean up. I would be up at uh, about 4am uh, to drive to Birmingham and have everything set up. Uh, I was an intern for the morning show. Morning show was from six to 9am, uh, called, uh, the morning express with Scott Griffin and Matt Coulter. Yeah. I, I was a rinse repeat also, uh, stopping for a while. And then finally, I worked my butt off for about a, a, about eight months for free as an intern. So attending bar at night, about four, three, four hours of sleep, go in, bust my butt. I would leave the radio station um, about three o'clock in the afternoon to come back, set the bar up for a for happy hour and, you know, and hit it all over again. And finally, I got hired uh, to the whopping sum of $16,000. That was my first job, my first paying gig. 16 G and I thought it was the greatest thing ever, man. I mean, I was in sports radio on WJOX and you, you being, you, you haven't gone to Alabama and stuff and you remember, you know how big WJOX is in Birmingham and Tuscaloosa and Huntsville. I mean, it's like, it's just this Southeastern below torch. Uh, and I thought I'd made it. 
I mean, I was it, dude. I, w- I was it. I mean, I, I mean, Keith Jackson and me, bro, rolls off the tongue, man. <laughs> we're in sports. We're in, we're in sports broadcasting together. Uh, and after that, I mean, it was, to get on air was just not giving up. I mean, it, it took me three more years to, you know, to, to finally get on air. And then I ended up with uh, in Columbus, Ohio, with Kirk Herbstreet doing uh, Herbstreet and Fitzsimmons on the flagship of the Buckeyes and, and the uh, Columbus Blue Jackets. Go CBJ. Uh, and then from from there moved on to to uh, Salt Lake City uh, to be closer to my mom who was at the time then living out in Wyoming. But it was that first chance, right? That first gig. People today don't understand, and I really didn't either. You know, we we were part of that Generation X. We were going to be the end of the world, right? Before our, us was our parents. You know, uh, they were going to be the end of civilization. I mean, it happens every generation. And now it's millennials. Millennials, oh my God, they're going to be the end of the world. <laughs> No, they're not. I mean, shut up. That was us, right? You know, I mean, that was, we were the ones that were supposed to, you know, stop the ro- world from rotating on its axis. Uh, but we turned out okay. And, and they and, and the younger generation will as well. But the one thing that does drive me insane when I'll have an intern or young production assistant you know, join us at ESPN, and because they have a, a sheepskin on the wall, right, they finally got that degree, Stefan, they believe that they should be paid $200,000 fresh out of college. I'm like, what? <laughs> I interned for free for damn near, you know, eight to ten months. In my first paying gig was sixteen grand, and I thought I, I thought I was it, dude. I mean, I, I'm getting paid to talk about sports. And I wasn't even talking about sports, and I was producing shows. So if there's ever one lesson that I can give to, to anybody coming up in, in a, not just you know, broadcasting, especially sports broadcasting, which narrows it even more. It's, man, you got to fight. It's not going to be given to you because you got a damn degree. I mean, Amen, you got to fight for it. You got to fight for it. And, 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 and if you're not willing to fight and if you think you're entitled because you got a sheepskin, you ain't going to make it. It's just not going to happen. You've got to be better than the guy behind you or next to you. Because guess what? If that if he or she is a fighter, you got no shot. None. So, that's the biggest lesson. It's like you know, going and, and, and hiking up, you know, tabletop, right? Or Tiwanada, whatever, you know, or, you know, you're, you're, you're young and you're just trying to get to the end of Death Canyon. I mean, you're going to quit halfway? No. That doesn't make any sense. That's right. You know what I mean? I mean, go, son, get it. So that's, a, that's a, the biggest thing that I can, when it comes to my trials and tribulations, is getting that first gig. Because once you got that taste of success on your palate, I, mean, I didn't. I wanted more, and and I just kept fighting and climbing. And there were times when when I would I would quit a gig to bet on myself, to try and get another gig, and and you know sometimes a little bit of luck is is always involved, but it worked out, dude. And here I am, like coming up, you know, in, in less than two weeks, I've got Washington Auburn. Uh, I'll be on the sidelines for that boy, bad boy, getting paid to do it. Uh, and I catch a flight that night, come back to Dallas, and I've got Miami LSU uh, the very next day. Uh, you know, so L-I-V-I-N, man, doesn't get any better, but it takes a heck of a lot of hard work and a lot of fight in order to get it, and you have a hell of a lot of fun. I, I love that, Ian. Thank you. Um, you. You said it so well. You have to fight for it. Nothing is entitled. Nothing in the oh. world is entitled. It it will never come to you and you'll never be successful if anybody feels as though that they're entitled to it. And just because you have a college um, degree that it's just going to happen. That is not the real world. 
and you're going to have some failures. You're going to have some big struggles and, and you've, you're proof of it that you had to move to several different cities. You had to move your family, your little oh. girls, your babies. Oh yeah. To open I mean, up I, I, new experiences and new opportunities for your yep. family. But now you're doing it. Congratulations. Finally, man. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's awesome. Do, do you find that though, Stefan? And I appreciate that. I really do. From, especially from you. But do you find what I was just talking about, even in a place as, I mean, it's like Valhalla there where you are, man. And I'm, I'm so proud of you and, and happy that you stuck um, because we all wanted to. And so many of us leave, you know, you see the 90 dayers are different, but I mean, some of us, it, it truly, that place grabs you and, and it's hard to remove yourself from it. But do you even find what I was just describing? Somebody comes in to, you know, the liquor store or wherever, right? And it wants a job. Do you, do you, do you find that, that a whole sense of entitlement that I was just talking about? Is that, is that there also? It, it's everywhere. It, it's here. It's, it's spread. So throughout the, uh, the culture right now that people feel entitled, but there's also a select few of people who understand they have to work hard. They have to invest in themselves to be successful. And those people who are going to work hard and really invest in themselves and commit, spend some time with an organization and you'll learn more and more just because uh, you've been there for six months you don't, you haven't learned everything. And also the commitment will show the leaders in that organization that you want to learn and you have to continue investing in yourself. You have a degree, but guess what? Your education doesn't stop after that degree. Your education continues throughout life. Oh, hell yeah. Yep. Oh yeah. I mean, preach, man. Absolutely. The education you get on the streets and in, and in the workplace is a hell of a lot more valuable than the education you got in that classroom. In my opinion, having been, you know, out here for and in, in, in this, you know, broadcasting forum for over two decades, I mean, I, I, I look back and I didn't have to go to school, you know, but it was fun. <laughs> Six and a half years of a blast. <laughs> I wouldn't recommend being a bookie and a bartender for a lot of it. You know, Cause it does add some years to your, to your, to your college grind. <laughs> but, but it was a blast. But I mean, the, the the education you get on the streets. I mean, that's that's and in the workplace, that's invaluable. And you mentioned sticking, and and fighting for advancement. I, I can't stress that enough. I'm with you, man, Stephen. It, it's when I first got to uh, to ESPN, I, I was a young producer, uh, and I was making twenty. My second paying gig, right, twenty two grand. I mean, I was rolling in it now, <laughs> living in Connecticut, where taxes, you know, took about half of that. If I didn't have a great year gambling, I might not have made my second year at ESPN. We'll cut that part out. (laughs) (laughs) We don't want the revenuer coming and knocking on your door. (laughs) It doesn't matter. I've talked about it on on, on national radio. Are you kidding me? But here's the kicker, man. I I went up there and I said, I'm going to give this two years. I wanted to learn as a producer, make contact, see all the toys, see the the inner workings of how the best do it. And then I was going to go back and chase the dream of being on air. And I had a two-year plan. Six months in, I'm watching these guys and, and young ladies just drop like fireflies out of the sky, just quitting. Oh, I'm still an AP. Why am I not a producer? I should be full-time. Why am I not having benefits? Man, shut the hell up. I got <laughs> out of that stinky tape room, right, in two months. And you're, you're complaining about me getting out ahead of you 
when you're you're still cutting tape back there and highlights. Why? Because I went the extra mile. You're back there complaining about it and going and biggie sizing it across the street at McDonald's when I'm in here grinding. That's why I got out and you're still in there. And then they leave, right? After six months, they're complaining about, you know, oh, I'm, why, why am I not advancing? Woe is me. <laughs> Shut up. Do the, something about it. The you know? grass and is never greener those, on the other side. No. As a matter of fact, half the time it's dead. It's not even green. <laughs> you know, so. <laughs> That's right. You got to restod. You know? Oh, so you know that. Yeah. Like, you and I sound like two old guys, right? Like giving these life lessons, but. You know, uh, part of the work ethic I got was from Duncan and Hatley, and I can't remember the last name. They were the the owners of, of the Sojourner Pub and the Pasta House in the old Sojourner, man. And, you know, if you worked you, and you grinded, you went from Tuesday happy hour, and you remember the old pub, there wasn't anybody in there except the guys from the Triangle X on a Tuesday afternoon. That was it. You weren't making a lot of money. You wanted that Friday major rager shift. And you're going to have a few people, I hope, from back in the day, right, from the, uh, from the early 90s going major ragers at the pub. I totally <laughs> forgot about those. That's when you were going to bank about 250 bucks. Well, if you busted your butt, right, on that Tuesday shift, happy hour, where no one's coming into a basement bar in that beautiful Valhalla, right, yeah. outside of the, of, the old, of the old ranchers, you know, you wanted to get to the higher paying shift, bust your butt, you know, and it works does and you and i sound like two old guys right because you could if in those happy hour shifts you could sneak a couple shots and no one would know it you know because there was no one down there <laughs> that's right <laughs> and, that's probably off 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 topic right there you can edit oh, it's that all good. Uh, there you a go. good shot keeps the <laughs> keeps the throat clear and um, yeah, that way you can you talk go. to all those customers and, and earn those I'm tips i'm a firm believer Yes. A buzzed bartender is a better bartender. <laughs> <laughs> Amen, brother. Amen. Well, thank you, Ian. And one other thing that I wanted to cover is your daughter has been doing a fundraiser for children's uh, scoliosis, correct? And yeah, and I think was, that um, shows how you are being a leader in the community. You're giving back to the community, but also you're sh- you're teaching your children how important it is to give back to the community. Could you tell us a little bit about that fundraiser that Rowan's been working on? Man, God bless you for even asking stuff. And, and we need to get you and your bride and the kiddos down here for it because it is, it's become just this huge neighborhood block party. When she was four years old, she was diagnosed with a severe case of adolescent scoliosis in a rare spot in her spine. And the curve was so severe that an army of the best doctors on this in the country are now doing a study on, on my daughter. And the, the good news is that you have an army of some of the best doctors in the country that are doing the study to help your kid. The bad news is that you have an army of some of the best doctors in the country, right? <laughs> doing a study on your child. Uh, so she was put in, into uh, not one, not two, but three body casts. Um, and then she, they, they did this experiment with her to have her uh, void being rotted. This barbaric medieval technique is still being used today, Stefan, is you insert rods in the kids' spines. And it can stunt their growth to get, oh. to correct the curve in the spine but it could potentially stunt their growth so their legs will grow, but their torsos won't, and they can mm. become deformed. Well, you know my daughter, Rowan. I mean, she's 12, and she has legs like a freaking giraffe. I mean, could you, so, I mean, I can't imagine 
she had been rotted, but it, it was called, it's called bracing. And so you put, put the, these kids into this brace that is designed specifically for them. And she has to wear it, you know, 16, 18 hours a day. Uh, so now she's in her ninth brace after three body casts. And she has avoided being rotted because of Texas Scottish Rite Hospital. Uh, and one day, uh, Catherine and I, my bride, we were uh, having crawfish at Doty's uh, here in, in Dallas, Texas, where, where we live. And we're talking, we got on the subject of uh, George and Cindy Sigurnis' Christmas party because her daughter has adolescent diabetes. And one of their Christmas parties they had, Jorge was livid because nobody was kicking in for all the booze, right? Mm-hmm. He goes and puts a, he has a, by the way, once again, a buzz can actually be forward thinking. He goes <laughs> and puts a, uh, this jar out, right? And it says, tips for adolescent uh, diabetes research. Next thing you know, at the end of the night, there's over $1,000 in that tip jar. What? Right? And then, it, yep, light bulb goes off. Boom. So every year on the Christmas card to his Christmas party, it, he put accepting donations for adolescent diabetes. And every year they'd raise over $1,000. Well, Rowan is, you know, cracking this crawfish open and she looks up and she says, we should do something like that for my hospital. Hmm. I went, what? She said, Amazing. yeah, there's a lot of people in there that are a lot worse than me. And I said, she goes, I said, what do you want to do? And she goes, looks around the restaurant. Everybody loves crawfish. What about a crawfish boil? Wow. And so at, at, right there, she came up with crawfish for the curve, meaning the huh. curve in her spine. Um, you can check it out at her story at uh, crawfishforthecurve.org. Uh, and she's raised now close to $70,000 uh, for Texas Scottish Rite Hospital at a little neighborhood crawfish boil. Stephanie has gotten so big that we have to block off the bleeping street. Her title sponsor is Tito's Vodka. Yes. Right? I mean, <laughs> they, they kind of check every year for five Gs and donate all that juice that loosens people up and gets the wallets going, right? Tito's I mean, a great guy. He's, he's a great guy. Uh, Tito, he is, by the way. He's an unbelievable. This dude drives like a 1978 pickup truck still. I mean, and Tito is a real person, folks, and he's an awesome human being. Uh, of course, Stefan knows him, right? I don't, but of course, Stefan does. No, but anyway, uh, of course you would. I have but, met him yeah, before. I mean, yes. <laughs> he is He is a really down-to-earth guy. He's got a phenomenal story, too. Get him on the podcast, man. I'd love to hear it. I will. Uh, I'd love to hoist one of, his, one of his cocktails with him but and thank him. You know, people slamming cold beers and Tito's and, and hammering down crawfish and kids are running around like fireflies. It's a remarkable, remarkable event. She's too good to be my kid. I swear to you. I mean, I'm, I mean, it's, it's I'm not that good of a person. She is your <laughs> wife's child for sure. No doubt. No doubt. And thank you for asking, man, uh, because she's grinding on that too. And it's, it's near and dear to all of us. It really is. And, and she came up with that idea on her own. Correct. Yeah. Just looked around and went, everyone loves crawfish. We should have and, a crawfish boil. Just and she realized that she, she wanted to give idea. something back to the community. And, and that, where that comes yeah. from, Ian, is what yeah. you and your wife teach in the house how important community is. That's where she picked it up from. Oh, uh, well, either that or, um, or Mima, you call my mom, AG, you know, just grinding that into her. So I'm, I'm telling you, I'm, again, I'm not that good of a person, <laughs> but, <laughs> but, 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 you know, she, it, it really is. It's, it's an amazing deal. And yeah, she came up with the whole thing. We do all the work for it now though. She came up with the idea and the logo and the website and all that stuff. And our neighbor trades. And that's again, again, Community goes a long way. That's why I love Jackson Hole. I mean, the, the community there is unbelievable. 
And we live, we're blessed to have great neighbors like Trey Tubbs, who built the website, just took his time and just did it himself. You know, I mean, so now we get donations from Denmark. Oh, wow. That's spectacular. Right. To this little girl and her crawfish boil to help kids at Texas Scottish Rite Hospital. It's, it's, it's amazing. I love it. I love it. Ian, this has been fantastic. Um, before we end, and if people wanted to talk to you or listen to you, how could, how could people connect with you? What do you say is the best way? Yeah, this time of year, I'm, I'm, ESPN gets their money out of me, Coach. Um, uh, every night, I think we still have an affiliate out there in, uh, in Jackson. Um, so every night, Freddie and Fitzsimmons uh, on ESPN Radio uh, from 7 to 11 Mountain Time. Uh, PM. And then uh, every Saturday, I'm on a college football field. As I mentioned, week one, Washington, Auburn, and then Miami, LSU. Uh, there'll be some NFL games sprinkled in as well. And you can always, uh, I'm more of a lurker these days on Twitter, but you can always reach out and I always reply and, and, uh, and have a little conversation. Um, I'm at Ian Fitz ESPN. That's an easy way to also uh, have a direct contact, you know. So hit me up, man. Um, I'm just another, I'm just a, a guy who's living a dream. That's it. I love it. We all should live our dreams. So listeners, get out there and work hard. Live your dreams just like Ian is. And Ian, thank you. Say hello to the family today. Go enjoy some, uh, I'm sure it's really comfortable in Texas today, uh, being August. <laughs> I have 101, bro. Yes. Hit Wilson, hit Wilson Beach for me and float a little bit. I need, I need to live vicariously. I'll do that for sure. Well, peace out, man. I appreciate you taking the time. Say hello to the family. You too, buddy. Best to you and yours as well, Stefan. Love you, bro. Love you too. Bye. Jackson Hole Marketplace, the small market in Jackson Hole with a huge reach. Stop in for hot coffee and homemade breakfast in the morning, awesome lunches in the afternoon, and finish the day with a soft-serve ice cream and a six-pack of beer. Need catering for breakfast or lunch? They can do it and deliver for free. Want to know more? Visit jhmarketplace.com. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in today to the Jackson Hole Connection. I hope you have enjoyed listening and can take away a little nugget about life. I am always looking for fun guests who have a connection to Jackson Hole. If you would like to be a guest or know of someone worthy, please send me an email to connect at thejacksonholeconnection.com. Please subscribe, rate, and review the Jackson Hole Connection on iTunes, Stitcher, Overcast. Five stars, of course. I only take five stars. The Jackson Hole Connection, sharing caring stories of worldly, wild folks with a desire to share the fun side of life. You tag it, someone will bag it. Y'all come back again, you hear?